Welcome back to the Bible Food podcast and to part two of our introduction to the Psalms. Dan Weatherall and Jordan Walton are going to pick up where they left off and introduce the rest of the five books or sections in the Psalms. They've looked at book one already and found that it starts with an invitation to every individual to meditate on God's instruction. And many of the Psalms in book one seem to focus on the individual response. When they looked at book two, which runs from Psalms 43 to 72, they find that there is much more emphasis on the community of the faithful and their collective worship. But while that's a wonderful thing, it also brings all the challenges of working together with other people. So now they're going to get into books three, four, and five. But before they do, let's hear another Psalm read out. This time, Psalm 150 which is where our brief journey through the Psalms will end up. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, excellent. So we're now rooted in sort of the, the period of David being king. So that that's helpful. And to see that as a collective appeal to, to everyone, to a nation, to, to a group of people. You mentioned Psalm 51, didn't you, as well, in, in this I did. book? It's yeah, a- so Psalm 51, the context of that, off the top of my head, I think it's 2 Samuel 11, isn't it? You correct me if I'm wrong on that, Dan. 2 Samuel 12, with the incident with Bathsheba and his repentance. So there's your sort of narrative for that, if you wanted to go back to the book of Samuel. But in the title of Psalm 51, it's to the chief musician. It's a psalm of David. And it's very, very specific when Nathan the prophet came to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So, and, and when you start, sort of start to go through this, it's a psalm of David's outpouring of how much he'd realised he'd sinned against God with committing adultery with Bathsheba and then killing her husband, Uriah. And I think the really powerful part for me is, is when he realises that this sin is, is not against Uriah or Bathsheba. This sin was against God himself. And again, this unlocks another element of, of what the psalms can be, of, of this dealing with human nature and, and this, this dealing with, with sin and how we cope with that as individuals, because that can be a really challenging thing in our life to, to, to grapple and battle with, with how we're like as human beings. And if we're desiring to go on this spiritual journey with God and try and be more godly, as Psalm 1 began with, when we do fail to do that, that can really cause us to feel down and mm. not like we're on that right journey. So I think this is a really helpful psalm sort of in the, in the middle of the book that can start to help us to think about how we deal with, with ourselves as human beings. Yeah, so the enemies can be people outside, a bit like when David's fleeing for, for his life from Saul or Absalom and, and and yet actually now it's introducing us to the fact that the enemy can be within, can be ourselves and, and it can be sin that that is part of the problem. So 
that's a helpful theme that comes through as well as this background there's a sort of profound expression or explanation of human nature as well that's that's coming through which is which comes through really well in the the emotive nature of these psalms so good for us to to meditate on like like you said from the from the start psalm one meditating on these things i think sort of quite nicely what follows on from that when we're thinking about book one being david as the man and then book two as david as king and the nation if you go to the end of book two in psalm 72 what you'll notice in the title is this is a psalm for Solomon, which we know to be David's son. And it's mm-hmm. just that, and when you read the psalm, it's all about you know the idea of, of of Solomon being king, and it's like this psalm that David almost wrote for Solomon. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. So it's a really fascinating way to finish that book two of almost David handing over that that rule to Solomon, which then you know we'll, we'll, we'll head off into book three in a second. But I just think that's quite a beautiful way that that book ends with those prayers and those psalms that David's offered yeah. and what we've seen in relation to the context and, and our own lives as well. Okay, brilliant. So th- so that's a really helpful grounding. So that's 72 psalms that form books one and two, a bit of a whistle-stop tour of those. Let's think about book three then. What What happens next? What's the theme of book three? So I think I began saying, Dan, how I see the book of Psalms as a journey to a relationship with God. And we've sort of just been through how, you know, the individual suffers and how they cope and deal with that. And then, you know, as a collective and how you deal with that with working with people, external and internal. And then you arrive in book three. And this is almost like the crisis point in the in the psalmist journey. Okay. It's almost like this point where the psalmist becomes quite disorientated in their relation with God. And you get a lot of these, what we call imprecatory psalms, where it's almost, you know, blaming God and almost casting judgment and wanting God to bring judgment upon enemies. And Mm. personally, I find those psalms quite difficult to read, not particularly having enemies of my own as such, or not enemies that David had of people trying to kill him or count his steps and hunt him out so i think this is quite a difficult book to read it's the shortest book it goes from psalm 73 to psalm 89 but it's quite a challenging book and there's quite a range of authors interestingly not david psalm 73 to 83 are all psalms of asaph okay psalm 84 to 87 are psalms of the sons of korah again and interestingly those ones are slightly more positive And then Psalm 88 and 89, 88, if you just look there again in the title, is a psalm of He-Man, the Ezraite. And then Psalm 89 is a masculine or a psalm of Ethan, the Ezraite. So there's there's a different author sort of introduced here in book three, which which is a little bit different to, to the other psalms. And like I said, the sort of tone on the whole is quite negative. Psalm 78's an interesting one. That deals with sort of a catalogue of, of is Israel's sufferings of old and how they were quite disobedient to God and talking about mm. how God kept trying to turn them back to him. But you mentioned earlier, Dan, about Psalm 89, and I think okay. it's a really fascinating psalm to finish book three with because from verse one to, to verse 36, it's all really positive. You know, it mm. opens with, I will sing of the mercy of the Lord in verse one. You know, mercy is built up forever. Verse 29, his seed I will make to endure forever. And then it sort of hits this point in, in verse 37 where it says, it shall be established forever as the moon, as a faithful witness in heaven, Selah. And that's another big concept in the mm. Psalms of this idea to sort of pause and consider, which 
we haven't got loads of time to look for. But when you're reading the Psalms, spot that word and use mm. it as a moment to meditate, as Psalm 1 told us to do, mm. and contemplate what you've read. And after those sort of opening 37 verses that seem positive of praising God, look what it says in verse 38. But you, and this is talking about God, have cast off forever and abhorred. And then go down to verse 46. There's these like questions to God. How long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Will your wrath burn or your anger burn like fire? Remember how short my time is. Verse, verse 49, where is your loving kindness that was from before? And it just ends there in verse 52. Mm. After all these questions and negativity, blessed be the Lord forever and ever. Amen. And amen, as you, as you pointed out earlier. So book three is a real sort of centerpiece where mm. I think the psalmist is becoming quite disorientated in their relationship with God and finding it quite challenging and questioning God and almost blaming God at times as to why these things are happening within their life. I don't know whether you've sort of seen that before when you've mm. you know, looked at any of the psalms in book three. Okay, so so book three is a collection, a smaller collection of crisis psalms, effectively. Now, so we're we're almost yeah. dealing with, um, and probably these may be re- recorded at different periods of times of crisis, according to whichever author was going through different periods. But then maybe also, like we said towards the start, with the background in mind, it with the crisis of the exile which was the monumental national crisis of of Israel wasn't it the period of exile when the people were were hauled off to to Babylon and Jerusalem and the temple was was effectively destroyed so i mean if we're we're charting through the history of Israel and if this is the soundtrack to the nation of Israel we we've reached that that <laughs> moment haven't we where you, you could yeah. effectively turn to god and say well look you promised x y and z and we haven't got it or the, we had it, but it's now gone. And why? How long? And and so, so yeah. And and like you say, we each live through our own individual lives, and we might not have that particular crisis to deal with. But but we probably go through different periods of turmoil and crisis in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a really helpful thing to think about book three as that time of exile. And you can think of other books around that time that are quite poetic, like the Book of Lamentations, which is a very sort of doom and gloom book about the graphic sufferings that the nation were going through around that time when Babylon came to invade in like around Jeremiah 52 times. So I think it's helpful thinking about that with that context, because then we can map that context, like you said, onto when we have those crisis moments. And I suppose the question is, well, how does the psalmist in this journey work through this crisis? And I think what's really helpful, if we if we sort of flick on now to book yep. four, yep. after thinking about book three, book four is a bit bizarre. Well, I found it bizarre at the start because it begins with the Psalm of Moses. And he's sort of like, well, if we're thinking about it in relation to this narrative of the kingdom, mm. moving on to Solomon, and then the exile, why now are we going backwards to Moses? You know, why are we why are we starting book four that I'm going to suggest is this sort of shift in reorientation back to God? You know, why are we going backwards to Moses? Surely we need to go forwards to when they came out of exile. Well, I think the key is book four is sort of speaking of that time in the context of when they were coming out of exile. But I think the key is, why does God decide to put a Psalm of Moses here if we're moving out of exile. And I think the key to it is, well, when we think back to what Moses did, he delivered an exile from Egypt. You know, the children of Israel were in Egypt yeah. 
And Moses was the man who led out of that sort of exile period where they didn't have a land, you know, and, and, and God was, was promising to take them to a land. And we know that after that, they wandered in exile in the wilderness for 40 years. But, but the, the key is, I think it's helpful to go back to Moses because it's to teach the people, it's to teach us that what God has done before, God will do again and we can mm. trust in him. And I love verse one of Psalm 90 because it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. And I think that's so beautiful because that spans across history. He was Moses' dwelling place. He was David's dwelling place. He was the, the people in exile's dwelling place. And he's our dwelling place as well for mm. all generations. You know, he's he's never changing. He's the God of, you know, the past, the present and the future. You know, he's from everlasting to everlasting, which is that big theme that, you know, we, we've thought about in relation to the conclusion of the psalm. So I think... It's so appropriate, actually, that the Song of Moses or this Psalm of Moses is at the start of Book Four. that makes total sense look so in the period of crisis look back at what god has has done so in terms of the nation of israel look back at their deliverance from egypt their exile or return out of exile or land of slavery as it as it was for them and deliverance from that so look back and and see so it makes it makes total sense to to turn back and look and see what what god has done yeah i was just going to say on the whole as well in relation to the themes of book four it is a lot more positive like we have some beautiful psalms like psalm 96 psalm 100 make a joyful noise to the lord psalm 103 is all about the mercy and the love of god about like i love verse 12 of as far as the east is from the west so far as god moved our transgression from us so we've really you know come a long way from book three in that in that crisis moment and it finishes in psalm 106 and verse 48 but the tone is definitely different and it is more of this celebration of the redemption from captivity that that god has given Mm. and it's learning from the past that confidence in god can come even though in book three the psalmist did seem lost and disorientated Mm. you know trusting in god and turning back to god by looking at the past through the psalm of moses can can definitely you know give us that that reorientation in our relationship with god again okay great so we've got one more book book five and then the the doxology section at the end as well so so what's book five about are we is that sort of completing the journey yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. We won't go into it, but maybe a bit of homework. Psalm 107 is <laughs> a really interesting psalm because we get a refrain in it. And I'll, I'll only point out the first one and then you can go away and find yep. the refrain okay. in your own time. But it's 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 this idea of in, in verse 8 of, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works. And that refrain is repeated another three times in the psalm. And what you get in Psalm 107 is almost like an overview of the journey that the children of Israel went through, but we go through as well, of we sin in our lives. We then suffer ultimately because of not necessarily directly from the sin, but just from, you know, human nature and the life that we live and what life is all about. We learn from our sufferings. And then 
what we've learned from the psalmist is when they've gone through that suffering, the only hope really, if we're trying to go on this relationship from Psalm 1, is turning to God. And then the psalmist turns to God and then he belts out this refrain of, oh, I wish men would turn to God and Mm. remember the goodness that he showed to me. I think that's just a really interesting psalm to begin with for book five, because book five is almost like this orientation back to God. The psalmist has sort of come full circle and is really, really turning back. And there's so many psalms of praise. And and one of my favourite psalms is the longest psalm, Um, psalm 119 because what's beautiful about psalm 119 all 176 verses of it is it's an acrostic (laughs) psalm and it's got all the 22 letters of the hebrew alphabet and each stanza there's 22 stanzas which match the 22 letters and they've all got eight verses in and the whole purpose really of psalm 119 is this idea of turning to the law of god which we began with in Psalm 1. And it's just really, really beautiful about verse 9 of Psalm 119 is like, how can a person cleanse their ways? And it's by taking heed to the word of God. So I just think that's a sort of beautiful centerpiece of book five that ultimately it's it's going back to the law of God and you get the famous psalm in there of God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path mm. and that's what you know the whole of scripture is about but the psalms is really encouraging us to do that mm. that's really helpful we started off with that vision of a, of a man meditating like a tree planted by streams of water taking in this this law but but all too often life is like we're in book three, isn't it? We're in this crisis and it, yeah. it, it would be, if we didn't have that, it would be really, it could be really demoralizing, couldn't it, to, to people to think that, you know, we've just, we, we ought to be this tree planted by streams of living water, but too often we're not and, and we shouldn't be. But actually it is normal for us to go through periods of, of crisis and the Psalms are there to sort of help us through it by drawing off the experiences of people like David and then of the nation as a whole. So, so yeah, that that I can mm. see how that that book five is is this culmination of that journey. And I think what's really beautiful as well, directly after Psalm one hundred nineteen in book five, you almost get this progression back to God because we get these songs of degrees or songs of ascents. These fifteen oh, psalms yeah. from Psalm yeah. one hundred twenty to one hundred thirty four, and you know when you think about the context that we were thinking about with coming out of exile. That idea of rebuilding the temple, of rebuilding the community, of reinstituting the law, it's this progression back to God. And that's what you see in these these 15 Psalms. It's like this ascent in your your building of relationship back to God. And and you get lots of ideas in there. But the, the end of it in Psalm 134 is this really lovely Psalm of blessed be the Lord in the house of the Lord. Lift your hands, bless the Lord. The Lord that has made heaven and earth bless you out of Zion, which is the dwelling place of God, as the Psalms talks about. So again, I just think it's this beautiful sort of little structure within yeah. Book Five yeah. that just highlights what Book Five is all about. It's this, you know, getting back on track and becoming closer in your relationship with mm. God. Yeah. So a collection within a collection, effectively. So there's there's the structure within <laughs> yeah. the structure. There's more to this. <laughs> the more you you uncover it and delve <laughs> deeper, which is which is always good. Let, let's. So we, we're almost at the end. We, we've well done for getting through what 145 or so. What, what, what's the what's the last? Uh, is it the last five? That's the doxology. Yeah, the last. So, so Psalm 146 to 150 are the last five psalms. 
And I'd like to think about this as almost like the five amens to the five books. Okay. And what's beautiful about this doxology, this conclusion to this this psalter, the, the, these songs, these poems that are left on record for us, is it's almost like this intensification of praise. Psalm 146 is all about this praise of the individual towards God. And then Psalm 147 steps it up a level. It's gone from the individual, like Psalm 1, to the collective, because Psalm 147 is all about the church or the nation of Israel giving praise to God. So it's moved from, again, the individual to the collective. And then Psalm 148 picks up on the on creation praising God and, and the angels, you know, God's messengers praising him. And then again, it intensifies again because Psalm 149 is verse one talks about the congregation of the saints. So, you know, those those who have been accepted by God in his kingdom, they're the ones who are going to praise him. And then Psalm 150, you know, it uses all these host of instruments. But then the conclusion of the whole book is. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. And that's how the book ends. It's it's mm. this intensification of praise that began with the individual invitation. And it's come full circle of this God-centered way of living, of, of trying to develop this deeper relationship with God. And yet the CPT that we saw in book one and two, the crisis in book three, it's, it's enhanced the relationship you know, the journey has been necessary in order to bring us back to God and this beauty of, of praise. Hmm. So that's really, really wonderful. And to see those last five almost mimicking the five books again is is really helpful point, actually, just underscores that, that structure. So, so let's just try and sort of summarise and, and wrap up and think, what can we tell people to do how can they best read it the psalms based on everything that we've talked about for me with the psalms what i found really helpful sometimes when we're in the crisis moment or sometimes when we're just in a, a low point in our life we don't always know what to say to god and i think what i've found really beneficial is the psalms can be our prayer like we can actually use the words of scripture to voice what we want to say to God. You know, we've looked at David and the sons of Kor, they do that so beautifully. For me, I think one useful thing is just to use those words as a prayer, as a song, you know, things just to meditate on before you actually go to God in prayer to try and build this relationship with mm -hmm. God. So using the Psalms for your own personal prayer life and meditation life and, and, and reading. I suppose as well, you know, thinking about those five different books and how we all go through those different sort of time periods in our life. You can perhaps, when you're going through one of those particular time periods, go to that book and, and read through it to try and, you know, I can't think of the right word, but almost engage with what the psalmist was going through in relation to your own life. And again, I think that can really that could really resonate with with what you're going through in your life as well. And I think just like we've looked at with the journey, you know, recognizing that even if we do choose to go on a relationship with God, it isn't going to be all praise and perfection. You know, there is a lot of challenge. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of uncertainty that go on. And actually, that, that's what God desires. He wants us to go on this journey so that we ultimately find him because of the experiences that we've, we've had to go through in order to find him. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I think those are some takeaways that I've found with the Psalms that have been mm. helpful in my life. Yeah, that, that's really helpful. I mean, there's so much more. I'm, I know that you could say you've done 60 episodes, 60 YouTube videos on it, haven't you? So there's loads more of detail that we could go through. And, and just one other 
thing we haven't really considered at all is is the interaction with with the rest of the scriptures that, that the Psalms have. I mean, we've thought about the historical background, but but then you know going forward and pointing forward to the New Testament and and the introduction of Jesus as well. That there's so much correspondence there, isn't there? Like you've said, we go through periods of crisis like the nation of Israel did, but then I guess we can we think about the life of Jesus and the things that he went through and and willingly volunteered to go through there's a lot to to see him in the psalms as well isn't there we began with with psalm 2 didn't we and yeah. in psalm 2 it, it said in verse 7 you are my son and you know when we start to think about the big picture that that's god talking about jesus in the psalms i mentioned psalm 45 which again is is speaking about a king and how yeah. he'll take a bride. And we can think about that with Jesus and the church. Psalm 22 is a really graphic psalm about the sufferings that Jesus went mm-hmm. to. And Psalm 69, Psalm 110 is another great one about God speaking to Jesus of saying how he'll sit on his right hand. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that interaction with the rest of scripture and thinking about Jesus, you know, which yeah. was... Which was part of God's plan it's a really sort of beautiful thing to to think about in relation to the psalms as well as that, how that points to Christ yeah no that's right I mean the psalm 22 there like like you just said he he effectively calls that out doesn't he when he's on the cross my god my god why why have you forsaken me and and just recognizing the fact that he sort of takes he, he shares all of the sufferings that we've all gone through shares the sufferings of the nation shares the sufferings that we go mm. through that is is part of the point of of what he did and the emotion that and inspiration that we can get from realizing that is is the power of what he did and yeah and the psalms can help us in that by by really seeing those things he he went through there's a whole lot more we could go through but that's been a really helpful i think walk through the psalms is is there anything else that you wanted to just finish off on i just think in relation to what you were just saying dan about jesus i think a really helpful passage is in luke 24 where it said Jesus came to fulfill the things that were written in the law, which we, we spoke about yeah. earlier in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're looking for Jesus, the Psalms is also a, a great place to go because you will find Jesus scattered throughout the Psalms. And the more you look, the more you will find him in, in a whole variety of yeah. ways, whether it's directly about him or whether you can think about how I'm sure he would have used the Psalms in his life, how he would have used them to encourage him through the challenges that he went through while he was on the earth. We could spend hours talking <laughs> about it and we'll never get to the bottom of them. But yeah, they're, they're, they're a beautiful book to read and yeah. to grow closer in your relationship with God. Yeah, well, if anyone wants to hear a lot more about it, where, where can they go, George, to find... <laughs> find more episodes than, yeah, than I mean, you did. If you want to hear myself and another guy waffle more about the Psalms and, and some really helpful people as well, on YouTube, Warsaw Christadelphians, there's 60 odd videos, about 40, 50 minutes long, where we, we go through Psalms 1 to 51, actually. And there's some topics in there as well about Zion that we spoke about, about Selah, imprecatory Psalms, the exile Psalms. And, you know, we're not particular professionals on this but it's just trying to look at the bible and look at the psalms in particular to really try and help us unlock it excellent well thanks a lot for that we'll put a link in the show notes you definitely fit our uh, strap line ordinary people just having conversations about the bible so yeah, it's a good absolutely. good window into into the church that you're part of and the community of people that you serve so so thank you very much it's really great to have you on jord and hopefully that's been a, a helpful walkthrough we've got 150 not
not chapters, 150 psalms to think about, but we've done well. So, so thank you very much. And if anyone has any questions or follow-up thoughts or anything like that that we want to dive deeper on, I mean, there's there's loads of topics there that we could explore in, in future episodes. Definitely get in touch with us. That you, you know, by all means, do that. Biblefeed.org is the website, so head along to there. That'll be where the show notes are. And that you can find us on on Facebook and Instagram and and Twitter occasionally. So so by all means, get in touch with us. So thank you very much. And until next time, we will see you again. <laughs>